0: Welcome to the Go and Tell Gals podcast. I'm your host, Jess Connolly. I'm an author, a Bible teacher, a coach, and I'm obsessed with helping women take their place in the kingdom and use their God-given gifts. I go and tell girls we equip and encourage women with different tools like our map to more guide, our group coaching program, go teams, and even by training other women as coaches through our licensing program. Whether you're a college student, a stay at home mom, a small business owner, an astronaut or a veterinarian, our goal is that you lead this episode feeling more empowered to do what God has called you to do. We're so glad you're here and we're on your team. Let's jump into this week's episode. It's Boundaries Part Two. Friends, I am so grateful you're joining us for this episode of the Go and Tell Gals podcast. We have been talking about boundaries all month. We did an initial coaching session about boundaries. It's called Boundaries Part One. You can find it in a few episodes past. Then we did an incredible interview with Sherea Calabras that I cannot suggest listening to enough. Then last week, my team and I talked all about team and women working together and boundaries and social media. And this week, we are capping it off finishing it off with a few other questions pain points that you guys identified are really difficult for you and I relate to all of these so here let's dive on in What in the world do we do when our boundaries disappoint people? Well, number one, I want to just say off the bat that I think so many of us don't set boundaries because we know or think or anticipate that they'll disappoint someone, that they'll frustrate someone. And so I have to just say right off the bat here that Jesus disappointed people and He still didn't sin. And so if that can be true of Him, then that can also be true of us. Jesus disappointed people. He frustrated people. Just last night, I was talking to some friends about how when Jesus was a child and He got lost in the temple, and His parents were so mad because they couldn't find Him. And they said, where were you? And He said, I was in my father's house. That if you reread that passage, you'll notice He doesn't apologize. And He doesn't apologize because He didn't sin. He was supposed to be from a kingdom perspective, even though that couldn't be understood. And later on in His adult life— in In His ministry, there were so many times that people put expectations on Jesus that He did not meet, and He was doing the right, good, holy thing, and He disappointed them. And so I want to just say off the bat, your boundaries will disappoint people. They just absolutely will. We talk about this a ton at Go and Tell, Gals. For any of you who struggle with people-pleasing, I want to just say I'm with you. I struggle with people-pleasing too. I want to be liked. I want people to like me. But ultimately, all of us have to ask this question. Who are we going to be worshiping for eternity? Who Ultimately, do we want to serve? Who ultimately do we want to make smile? And I'll tell you what, it's not our mother's in-law. It's not our bosses. It's not our best friends. And I would even venture to say so many of us are spending a lot of our energy trying not to disappoint people that we don't even know that we're not even in relationship with. We're trying not to disappoint strangers. We're trying not to fail people's expectations that we're not even in relationship with. And so I think as hard as it is to say, number one, we really have to swallow whole this truth that we can do all the good and right and holy things that we're supposed to do. We can live the life that God has given us to live and it will disappoint people. So from that, there kind of becomes this opportunity for this like immersion therapy that I can't really give you tools to get comfortable disappointing people. But once you do it a handful of times, you will learn for yourself what can comfort you. And ultimately I think having our identities hidden in Christ helps you know, knowing that we can't be found out, that knowing that even when we do actually do something wrong and we disappoint people, the gospel is still for us, that helps. But yeah, there's some immersion therapy here. And, and by that, I mean just actually disappointing people and letting them be frustrated with you and letting them be upset helps you learn how to handle it. And that's just the truth. So there's one whole part of that. I would say the second part of this is I think a lot of us are struggling with this potential of disappointing people and not keeping us from setting boundaries. And there's a whole group of us that are living in that potential that would not even actually be realized. So by that, I mean, you're worried about setting a boundary because you're worried about disappointing someone, but actually they probably wouldn't be that upset In all actuality, if you said, I'm sorry, I cannot come to X, Y, and Z because it does not work for me, I cannot commit to A, B, and C because it's not what God's called me to, or I cannot do this thing for you that really we're anticipating this response of disappointment and frustration, but in all actuality, it may not even come. And so I think that there is also some freedom and some healing for us in just diving into it and just letting ourselves experience this and figure out what it feels like when we say no or when we set a boundary and see how people respond. I can't tell you how many times in the past I've said yes to something because I was worried someone would be disappointed in me only to realize that when I said yes to it and I showed up to it, my presence wasn't all that needed or desired. I had just said yes to it because I had overinflated my understanding of how important I would be to the situation. And it was never a great feeling once I got there and realized like they do not even need me. And even on this, I would I would give this little caveat of I think a lot of us are really struggling to set boundaries because then what if people don't respect us? Or what if people think that we're not loving? But the truth is that people will actually have a lot of respect for you in normal settings and in normal circumstances. There are always abnormal experiences. But in normal settings and normal circumstances, when people see you value your own work, your own time, your own calling through the use of boundaries, They will actually have an increased amount of respect for you, which is so cool. Next, let's talk about what we have to do when we need to set boundaries on good things. So many of you guys asked questions around this, and I'm so grateful because when we think about boundaries, we often think about negative things like, I need to set this boundary because this bad thing is happening or this bad thing is going to happen. But oftentimes, I think that we really need to explore this idea that sometimes really positive experiences also need boundaries. I mean, how many times have you just stayed at a party too long and all of a sudden realized I should have left 10 minutes ago. Like this was great fun and this was a beautiful experience and I took it too far or I just overstayed my welcome or I got tired and that made me a little bit fussy. I just should have left when it was on a high note. And I don't have a ton of advice or a ton of wisdom here, except to say that I absolutely trust Holy Spirit in you to give you wisdom about what setting a healthy boundary on a good thing can look like. I absolutely believe that God will give you the wisdom you need and the insight you need. And something, the only situation that I can relate to this, and actually we're going to talk about this a little bit on next week's podcast, but the only example I can share of this from my own life that has really helped me is earlier in my online ministry I was getting a lot of speaking requests. I was getting a lot of requests to go and travel and speak at churches. So that is a good and beautiful thing, right? Going to share the gospel, sometimes getting paid for it. This is all good and beautiful. And yet it was kind of the wrong time for my family, the wrong time for my soul. And my husband started reminding me of this phrase where he would say, a no now is not a no later, a no now is not a no forever. A no now is not a no forever. And it really helped me and served me so much to remember that saying no to something good now does not mean I have to say no to it forever. And sometimes saying no to something now means that I will actually indeed get to say yes to it forever or yes to it later on. Whereas if I continually said yes and burned out in that particular setting, then I may have like burned out to the point of not wanting to be in ministry anymore. I may have burned out to the point of not getting asked to speak anymore because I was so like tired and fussy when I went to go do it. And so I think this reminder that number one, there are absolutely going to be times that you're going to need to set boundaries on good and beautiful things, helps me to remember that this is a thing, this is a principle, and it can lead to a really healthy life. God will give you the insight and the wisdom that you need for it, and that a no for now is not a no forever, and that can really absolutely help us to have some vision about some of those areas that need a little more boundaries. Hey friends, I want to answer right now the most asked question that we get at Go and Tell Girls, and the most asked question I get on my personal Instagram and in my email. This question is, hey, Jess, or hey, Team Go and Tell Girls, I want to start a podcast, or I want to teach the Bible, or I want to write a book, or I want to start a business variation of this question would be, I already have a podcast or I have started a small business or I've been teaching a little bit here and there, or I've already started writing a book. And the next question is, how do I start it? How do I grow it? How do I keep it going? How do I do it in a healthy way? Essentially, how did you guys do what you're doing? How do you do what you're doing? The great news is this is our favorite question to answer because if you're not paying close attention, which who can pay close attention to anything these days, but if you're not paying close attention, you might not know that we are obsessed with helping other women do what we do. I personally believe we need many more women starting podcasts. I personally believe we need many more women writing books. I believe we need many, many more women teaching the Bible and teaching a variety of topics. And I think in the name of Jesus, we need more women-owned businesses. I think now is the time, and I want to spend my life equipping and encouraging women to do just that. So, After a few years of coaching, we developed a process that we believe now is one of the most incredible processes to help you get started or to help you get unstuck in your God-given calling, whichever one it is. We end up coaching a lot of women who have many of these endeavors, who might have a podcast and also might teach and also might want to write a book. But the process that we've created and fine-tuned to help you is called Go Teams. And in Go Teams, what we do, you will genuinely not believe it. We disbelief is the number one reaction we get from women once they get into Go Teams. But what we do in Go Teams is I coach you for six weeks. We bring in industry experts who will literally answer every single question you have. I'm going to say it again. They will literally answer every single question you have. And on top of that, we connect you with a community of women, a team who also feels called to the same thing that you do so that you can help each other so that you can encourage one another so that you can promote each other's work and that you can Run on mission together. Go teams only launches one time a year. We do it every spring and we are not doing it again this year. I need you to go to the link in our profile on Instagram or go to our website and get on the wait list. If you go to goandtellgals.com slash go teams, you can get on the wait list right there so that when we launch go teams this year, not only do you know first so you can grab a spot, we're also going to give you a hundred dollars off the price If you're on the wait list, it is your time to go. We believe in you. We want to be on your team. We want to equip you and encourage you so you can get started, get unstuck, and keep going in the name of Jesus. All right, friends, we're actually going to do something a little bit different right here in the middle of this episode, and it's something we want to try a little more often on the Go and Tell Gals podcast. You guys know that we love coaching. We love our coaches. We also have some incredible Go and Tell Gals coaches, and so we're going to do a little more live coaching on the podcast where if we're talking about a certain theme, we'll bring someone on who is working through a problem in that theme. And we'll work it out together. Now, today is really special because we're obviously talking about boundaries and we're going to do a little coaching moment. But we also have one of our Go and Tell Gals coaches. So, hey, Chrissy, will you introduce yourself?
1: Yes. Hey, it's so fun to be here. My name is Chrissy. I have three kids boy who's 15, a boy who's 12, and then a four-year-old little girl. I work part-time in ministry, and I volunteer in all the capacities. My husband is deployed overseas, so that adds a little twist to
0: our season and change of life, but yeah, that's me. We're so grateful you're here. Okay, what is your particular pain point with boundaries right now? Because, you know, we all have them. <laughs>
1: Yes. So my boundary issue is that I have a really hard time saying no to people and things because they feel like good things and I don't want to disappoint anyone. And so I find myself like exhausted all the time because I'm spinning all these different directions trying to say yes to all the things because they all feel like good things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know basically everyone basically everyone (laughs) can relate to this pain point. And I wanna just say off the bat that I'm so encouraged that I actually think it's wild and wonderful and beautiful that you're saying like, hold on, I don't think it has to be this way. I actually don't think I have to be exhausted all the time. That to me is life-changing because I think the norm, unfortunately, what's most common is that we just live kind of exhausted saying no to the wrong things. Or saying no to everything. Okay, so here are my thoughts. Well, first of all, I'll ask this. Are there any specifics or like specific asks that you can give as an example? No pressure to like be way too specific because obviously we know this is your life. Or even if there is like a pretend scenario that we could kind of walk through together. Is there anything like that?
1: My kids are all in different schools. And so there's a lot of asks on parents to be involved. So I'm already the PTO president at one of their schools. And then there's other committees at the other schools or fundraising opportunities or things like that that feel like they're good and they're worthwhile. And I feel an obligation to say, yes, if I'm doing it at one school, then I should be able to do it at the other school for the other child. And so those type of situations, you know, where I feel like I, I think I could maybe make it happen, but I don't know. It doesn't feel necessarily great. <laughs>
0: Yes. Okay. I love that. Such a great example. Okay. So here are my first few like little thoughts. My first one is so simple and so silly, but I actually feel like it's one that we miss a lot. And that is I would just massively encourage you to pray about it. And the reason why is because even if in your gut, you kind of have this feeling of like, this is a no for me. This should be a no for me. Like, I'm exhausted. I can't do this. I cannot do this at every school. I cannot say yes to every committee. I feel like the huge benefit that comes from just talking to God about it is number one, and I would say this for anyone listening too, is that we can read every book and listen to every podcast and talk to every coach who tells us you need to say no to that, or here's how you need to say no to that. But the truth is, we're going to feel that conviction in our guts (laughs) so much stronger once we hear it from God. And so I think you know already, like this is probably a no, but just talking to God about it first may just give you like the boldness and the energy that coaching, that any book, that any, you know, podcast episode might not, you know, so just like right away saying, all right, God, is this what you have for me? There's always a chance that we're wrong. And he's like, nope, this is what I have for you. <laughs> you know? Right. But yeah. I'm with you in that I think most of us probably need to be saying no to a lot more than we are, anyways. I would say there's that, number one. Number two, I was kind of praying through this the other day about something I needed to say no to. And I thought, you know, it's crazy how often an opportunity for us is not right. But kind of platforming or placing someone else in that yes would potentially be life-changing for them or incredibly affirming for them. And so I think one amazing way to say no is not to like pass the buck or say like, oh, let me pass this off to so-and-so, but to really ask like, who would be good at this and who would actually love to be a part of this. You know, I think that that is an incredible way, right? There's one way to look at it of like, how can we like pass this off to someone else? And the other thing is like, who would actually feel so honored by this moment of leadership, even using that example of like being on a committee? Who might, Take on this role, and it might add value and encouragement and excitement to their life in a way that for me, it's just going to add burden. And so I think that can be an encouraging way to say no is to say, like, this is not right for me, but have you thought about so and so? Here is one other thought. And we've talked about this a handful of times on the boundaries podcast, but in real life, I think that it's a lot harder to do. And so using this example, my encouragement to you would be don't say sorry when you say no. Mm, mm. Don't say sorry when you say (laughs) no. And it's so much harder to do than it is to say. That's not to say that I don't think that we can be genuine and caring about the fact that like someone might be disappointed or that this might not go how they thought. But I do think it's really important for future yeses and for future noes and for the other women around us to just normalize this is not right for me in this season. And I won't say sorry because I didn't actually do anything wrong. So, okay. Do you want to like role play it out? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, I think this might be helpful for someone, women to hear. And let's say like, okay, even if maybe the first time it doesn't feel natural in your voice or in your words to say, but let's say you get an email and someone's like, oh, Chrissy, you have been so awesome at helping in the elementary school. We were thinking that maybe you could be PTA advisor for all of the middle school. And don't worry, it's not going to be a huge commitment, just like five hours a week. But we really think that you're the girl for the job.
1: It's so funny because my first, even in this pretend scenario, my first thought is to say, yes, I would love to do that. And then second, <laughs> I want to I, I want to apologize when I'm going to tell you, no, like I have to, I'm holding myself back to not say, I'm really sorry, but I can't. like I want to apologize but okay so I think that my response would be I you see I want to apologize again this sounds like a really amazing opportunity I don't have the capacity right now to commit to something like that but have you thought about Lisa She has been really active on our PTO side, and she could be a really good fit for this position.
0: I love it. I love it. Okay, I want to just capture something that you did naturally that I think is so wise, and that is that you esteemed and valued and like acknowledged honor that they asked you, which I think is, an, I think is a great way for a lot of us to say no, instead of saying sorry, like instead of responding in the negative of like, oh, can't, oh, I wish I could. But to, to honor and say like, hey, I, I love this idea. I love that. And I genuinely am so grateful you asked me. And yet... It is still not right for me in this season. That's so good. I love that. And I think that Lisa, you know, then she gets to walk through what that looks like for her to pray about it, to ask, is this the right thing for me? Okay, let's take this a step further because this is something we find ourselves— really talking a lot about in this podcast series. So let's say worst case scenario. This is worst case scenario that they email back and I'm going to make up a name. Let's say it's Heather that sent you the email asking you to do the role. And Heather emails back and she says, Chrissy, this is really disappointing. I really hoped you would say yes. And I just thought that you cared about our middle school. And would you reconsider
1: mm, my i know nightmare come true i know <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> okay oh gosh <laughs> really as a people pleaser that like hurts my heart and that would be my worst type fear but i think a healthy response would be i do really care about the middle school and that's why i i cannot you know, fulfill this position at this time, because in my heart that I do care, I realize that I don't have the capacity to really give that position what it needs. And I would be doing a disservice to you and to the middle school. And so in actuality, it is about how much I do care about the school.
0: That feels good, I think. You are a boundaries Expert, I'm sorry, that was incredible. That was so good. That was literally, I couldn't agree more. I think that's the best thing to say to say, like, oh goodness gracious, I actually care so much that no is the healthiest answer I can give for you and for me. Again, just valuing what they've asked you to do. Again, not apologizing. I think that a really helpful tool in this scenario, or if if somebody was listening and, and they're talking about family or they're talking about someone really close to them, they're having to say no, I think you can say, I'm so sorry, you're disappointed. Or like, I'm sorry you feel that way. Again, I think it's important to hand them their own expectations and emotions back and remind them like that's still their own disappointment. It's not ours to hold if they had an expectation on us that was not fair or not healthy or that we didn't necessarily agree to. I want to pause and put an asterisk here that I think a lot of us probably, I am speaking at least for myself, Chrissy, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. I think a lot of times people have an expectation of me that I don't meet and it's my fault that they have that expectation that I like over promised. And so I think this could be a healthy moment to apologize and say, you know what? I am actually really sorry. I kind of overestimated what I think I could give here. And that actually is my fault. I may have over-communicated what I can give here. I may not have been clear about my boundaries. That's on me. And I do apologize and ask for your forgiveness. That being said, the truth is still, you know, I can't do it. And then at that point, you're not apologizing for your capacity. You're not apologizing for your no. You are owning like, I could have had a part in maybe making this seem different to you. But I think that the way you just handled that is beautiful and wise and so incredibly affirming. And I want to just capture my like last little point about saying no, that I think that you lived out so well (laughs) in this scenario. And that is that I think a lot of times with saying no, we do kind of have to like embrace the suck of it, that we want enough strategies for it to not feel bad, but we are conditioned to say yes to too much. And so it does feel bad. When we say no, it does not feel lovely or kind. And so if you need to do it over the phone so you can like make a cringy face, if you need to do it, you know, over email or you realize like, I need to do this in person because I need this person to see my face. They need to see that genuosity and sincerity on my face. And I think that works too. But I think I would encourage everybody to know this is not going to feel awesome necessarily.
1: Right. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Okay. Any other questions or thoughts about saying no? And is there anything that you need to go back and say no to? You don't have to tell us what, but (laughs) is there anything that you're going to maybe try these, try these tactics out on?
1: Yes, I do think so. I love the part about not apologizing. Like that's, that really hits home for me and just kind of like, explaining why I can't do it, but not apologizing for it. Because you're right, I didn't do anything wrong. Also, thinking about that I don't want someone else to miss out on an opportunity. Like, if it's not me, then there's probably somebody who's better seated for that opportunity in there. Maybe they're even praying for an opportunity like that. And so just trying to remember those things as I strategically say no, where I know that it's not, you know, the best plan for me at that time. So
0: good. So good. Chrissy, we're so grateful for you. Thank you for being a part of our coaches community. Thank you for just being vulnerable and being honest that like this is a struggle. <laughs> we're so grateful because we're win- we're in it with you. Yes. Thank you. This has been so helpful. All right. One last question. Where can our listeners find you online?
1: So I mostly am on Instagram at Chrissy
0: underscore and Huffman. So that's kind of where I hang out. Awesome. Awesome. We are grateful for you. We love you. We bless you. And you are good at boundaries.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: All right, friends, let's take this thing home. Last few thoughts about boundaries before we end our entire month on boundaries. Okay. This next question, thought, (laughs) I have heard from so many of you since the very first moment we said we were going to be talking about boundaries. And your question slash concern is, what in the world do we do when someone, maybe even us, takes the boundaries too far? When we start talking about this, and we start reading books about boundaries, and we start thinking about it, and all of a sudden, we are just living this incredibly boundaried life, what do we do? And I honestly, I love this question. I love that so many of you were so kind and thoughtful to say, I just feel like in general, we're all thinking about this too much. So I want to pause here and just say, first of all, let's kind of go back to the very, very, very beginning of this podcast series where we, in part one of the Boundaries Coaching, if you haven't listened to it, I'd encourage you to go back to that and Let's remember that everybody's experiences with boundaries are going to be different based on what their life, their personality, their needs, et cetera, are like. And I shared specifically in that episode about my life and said, listen, I do deep soul work for my work. I have four kids. I work full-time running my business, and I also serve and lead at my church, I'm a person who lives online, et cetera. So I have to have a lot of structure and I have to have a lot of boundaries. And most people, if they heard some of my more specific boundaries that I've kind of set for myself or in relationships, they might say, that is crazy. That is nuts. <laughs> but the point is for me to be using my gifts in the way that God's called me, I have to have a lot of secret, quiet, safe spaces, which means I have to have good boundaries. And that would be crazy maybe on some other people's life situations. So Here's what I want to say really specifically. If you're in a relationship with someone or you know someone and you are like, that's it. They're taking their boundaries too far. In so much love and then in, in so much understanding, I want to say to you, I just don't know that it's our business. And I just don't know that we get to speak into that. Now, if someone in your life is saying like, Hey, I value your wisdom. I value your insight. What do you think about this? Do you think I've maybe become too boundary? Do you think that maybe I've just taken this too far? Then I think you can say with love and kindness, I know I don't totally understand your perspective. This is how it seems to me, but I could be wrong. And I think the truth is we are all going to take it too far. (laughs) <laughs> we just are in in sometimes unhealthy ways. I think as soon as we start to set boundaries, we're, there's going to be parts of our lives that we draw a line in that we realize like, maybe I didn't need to draw a line there. But then we get to access some true desire for more openness and more freedom. And we get to shift back and change in that way too. I will never forget, I ended up drawing a handful of boundaries about relationships. And and essentially, not even a, a boundary is even a strong word for it, but I, I made some deductions in the last few years about my life and about how many deep relationships I could handle. And in my mind, I was like, this, this is kind of my max. This is all I've got. I really don't have margin for any other close friends in my life. And again, that was like less of this full boundary, but it was kind of this deduction that I made. And I actually don't think it was wrong for a season. I I actually think like it for a few years of that, of living into that, it was, it was honest and it was real for me. And I would imagine that a lot of you can relate to that. And then something happened in, I want to say it was the end of 2020, that I, through prayer and just talking to God and accessing my own desire, I was able to start to say to the people in my life, I think I've got a little more love to give. I think I have some room in my heart for some other close friends. And that was such an interesting like opening to the door. But I do believe that that our boundaries will shift and they'll grow, and that we absolutely sometimes will take it too far and then we'll get to kind of adjust and say, hold on here, there might be a little bit more freedom or a little bit more openness here than I thought. Okay, so this is really the like ding, ding, ding question that we all need to know. What do we do when our boundaries are broken? It's important to say here that I And not the end all be all expert on boundaries. And I hope you've been hearing that from me over the last few podcast episodes. But what do we do when our boundaries are broken? What do we do when someone steps over a line or they, you know, ask us to break a boundary continually? I think we've got some options. I think the first, and this may not be the first option for you always, but it's sometimes the first option for me is non-verbal communication. Let me give you an example. Let's say I have an employee. This is not a true situation for me, but let's say I have an employee who I have communicated, listen, I don't work on Friday. That is my Sabbath. If you need me, you can call me on Friday. And Or on Saturday, but I do not work on Friday. That's my Sabbath. Let's say this employee continues to call me on Friday or text me or, you know, God forbid, show up at my house. My very first option is nonverbal communication. So by that, I mean I cannot pick up the phone and I cannot text them back on a Friday. Now, if they show up at my house, it's a little bit different. And thank God. This is not a really realistic situation. But our first is really just like nonverbal communication. And th- another great example of this, we talk, we've we talked about this before on the podcast about gossip. Let's say someone in your midst is gossiping or they're talking really negatively about someone else. One way to nonverbally communicate that that's not a boundary you're willing to cross is walking away, changing the subject, not engaging. And so it's not always the best first option, but it it can be a really great first option. If you're like, listen, verbally, I'm just not in a place where I feel strong enough to communicate this. There's so much you can do through nonverbal communication. And I don't mean stomping off in a huff. And I don't mean like picking up and hanging up. <laughs> I don't mean being passive aggressive. I mean, just nonverbal communication. This is not right for me. And, and I have to actually credit a counselor that I used to see who told me this over and over and over again. And she said, you do not have to communicate all of your boundaries verbally and you do not have to verbally communicate when people have crossed your boundaries. You can just hold fast to your boundaries and live into them. If there's a conversation happening that you do not want to be a part of, you can remove yourself from that. If there is someone who is asking you to do something or show up in some way that that crosses a boundary, you don't have to say this is a boundary for me. I'm sorry, I can't do it. You can just say No, no, thank you. So that's number one, is that I think we can really communicate our boundaries non-verbally. The second is we can communicate them with humility, with kindness, verbally. We can say, hey, I love you. I value you. I honor you. I see you. This is a boundary for me. It doesn't have anything to do with you. It actually has a lot more to do with me and me keeping my soul healthy. And I hope you can respect that. And that's it. It can't be as gentle and as humble as that. Now, the problem is that most of us struggle when we think about communicating boundaries because we assume that it's going to be so offensive. And we assume that our voices are going to be so offensive. But the coolest thing about words is that we get to choose which ones we say, and we get to choose how we say them. And we have the capacity to communicate things in a really genuine and kind way. And humble way, for the most part, for most normal relationships, again, none of this is going to apply if you're talking to someone who doesn't communicate in healthy ways. But for the most part, in normal, healthy relationships, when you communicate a boundary with kindness and humility, and again, the reminder that this is about you protecting something in your heart or in your life and not about being offensive or rude to them, It's going to go well. It's going to go well. And then lastly, I think that we have the option to figure out how we can love people well and no longer consent to be in the same relationship with them. And so sometimes if a boundary is continually broken, and it's a really important one, and you are realizing, I am actually not loving this person well by staying in this level of relationship with them and allowing them and creating space for them to break this boundary that I have or live into this, then I think we have to talk about, okay, what does it look like to say, I love you, and yet our relationship is going to change. We're no longer going to spend time together. And again, this can be communicated or it cannot. And we have to navigate what's right for us. I will tell you, I've been on both sides of this. I've been in relationships when I've realized I don't know that communicating this to this person is going to help them. I don't know that they're going to hear me. I don't know that it's going to go well. And so I've made the decision to shift the nature of my relationship with someone without explaining it to them, but just doing it on my own accord. And in that, still working to keep my heart soft, still working to love them, because I actually think it is loving them well to not create a space for them to sin against me in that way. And then there have been times when I've not communicated, I love you, I value you, I believe God is mighty in you. And yet, because this seems to be a boundary that we really are struggling with, and it doesn't feel healthy for me to keep letting this happen, and it doesn't feel like I'm loving you well, I think our relationship needs to change. I've also had that conversation before. Not life-giving, not fun, not all that incredible, but at the end of the day, I actually do believe that that can be loving, not only loving to ourselves, but honoring to God by not continuing on in a relationship that's incredibly unhealthy and ultimately loving to them because it helped them see you know, this is not it, this way that I'm living into this relationship. or And even if they didn't ever see it, I created a space for them to no longer be doing it in my life, which I also believe is loving. Now, that is a pretty extreme example, but I think some of us really can probably relate to that. On the flip side, anytime we're talking about this, we have to acknowledge that at times we may be the person breaking the boundary. We may be the person pushing the envelope. We may be the person not paying attention to somebody else's boundaries. All of that is absolutely plausible (laughs) and real and honest. And I think healthy people who love God cross other people's boundaries all the time. And that's why communicating about them is so incredibly important. All right. Lastly, I just want to just do a quick little note on people-pleasing. I have coached so many women over the last few years, and people-pleasing is an issue that comes up over and over and over again. I've told you guys in this episode, I'm with you. I like to be liked. I do not like to not be liked. It is not enjoyable. And I do believe at the end of the day, all of us have to really gut check and ask, am I going to be worshiping this person for eternity, or am I going to be worshiping God for eternity? And how does that shift and speak into how I live and love and do my life? But I want to just end on this really encouraging note, (laughs) and that is this. You have already disappointed people in your life, whether you know it or not. You have missed the mark on people's expectation already in your life. Some people are disappointed in you because you did the right thing. You did what you were supposed to do. And some people have been disappointed in you because you did the wrong thing and you might not even know it. And some people are disappointed in you for really dumb and stupid reasons. They don't like your hair or they don't like something about your life and they're just wrong. And some people have been deeply disappointed in you because genuinely you have hurt them and you might not even know it or you might know it. The truth is you are still breathing You are still learning, you are still loving, and honestly, Jesus still died for you to have an abundant life. And so I think that we could pretend and we could live in these really tidy glass houses where we say, like, I never want to disappoint anyone ever. I always want to meet everybody's expectations. But the truth is, the house has already crashed. We've already disappointed people. There are already people who don't like us, and we're still okay. We're still living and loving and breathing. And we have to ask about our lives, what is the end goal here? Is it meeting expectations? And is it keeping our glass house very clean and tidy so that everyone can always like it? Or is it going about our God-given mission, knowing what He's given us to do, saying yes to what He's given us to do, saying no to the things that are not for us, And moving forward, truly, in what is ours to live into, to build, to create, living into the people that are ours to love and to serve, or keeping a really tidy house that ultimately is already crashed. These are hard things for us to work through, but I honestly believe they are for our good. And they will absolutely, absolutely be for His glory. Hey, gals. Hens here from Team Go & Tell Gals. Want to enter a fun giveaway? If you've been listening to and loving the podcast, leave us a review or share about the Go & Tell Gals podcast on your Instagram. Then head to the link in our show notes to officially enter the giveaway right now through the end of February. We will be giving away an item from our shop of your choice. We are so grateful that you found us and are thankful for your help in reaching more women on mission. All right, friends, you guys have been asking for resources. I want to just share three books with you right now, all three of which I've read and have read multiple times. Number one, you may have already read, and that is the book Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud. It is an incredible biblical look at boundaries. And it is fascinating, and it is so encouraging, and it is where I've gotten most of how I feel and think about boundaries, and I love it. The second book is a little less well-known by Dr. Henry Cloud, and that is called Safe People. Now, here's what I want to tell you about the book, Safe People. Every single time I've read it, and I've read it about three times, I have known that I could go into it looking for all of the unsafe people in my life and judging them. And instead, every time I've read it, I've said, All right, God, I don't want to read this in judgment and naming other people, but I do want to look for ways that I am living unsafe. And so I give that tiny asterisk. You may read that book and find, like, okay, there are some people in my life who genuinely are not safe. But again, it's a gospel centered look at what makes relationships good and healthy. And I would also just give you the massive encouragement to read it through the lens of like checking your own soul and checking your own behavior. Lastly, One of my favorite books of all times is not necessarily about boundaries, but it's the book Sacred Rhythms by Ruth Haley Barton. And the reason why I give this book as a great resource on boundaries is because Sacred Rhythms is about the positive rhythms that we want to build in our life for spiritual transformation. And so I think there's so much beauty in starting with like, what do I want my life to look like? What will make my life healthy? And then building boundaries to protect those things. Again, like we've said, boundaries are defensive. They're not against other people. They're about defending the rhythms and the patterns that make us healthy in our mind, body, and in our soul. So I cannot suggest enough Sacred Rhythms by Ruth Haley Barton. So those are just three books that I would really Really encourage you to look into. It has been an incredible month talking about boundaries. Next month, we're really talking about what it looks like to run our race, to run this path that is marked out just for you. And we have a very, very, very special guest on next week's episode. We've actually already recorded it, and I am telling you, it is in my top three recordings we've ever done for Go and Tell Gals hands down. You are going to love next week's episode. Make sure you're subscribed. Will you go ahead and leave us a review? It would serve us so much. It would bless us so much, and it really helps us get the word out about this free resource that we are trying to provide to encourage and bless so many women. We love you. We see you. God is mighty in you. Go and tell the good news right where you are at in Jesus' name.